podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's okay. Finally waited. Erickson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Emerson Sanchez. Lucas Moura. And belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tunga Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Let's take it out of the way. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot. And with good reason. Oh, wow, what a run. Jermyn Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best. Welcome back to another episode of the Touchline Hotspur podcast. Um, we've got a, a, a strong cast this week, a strong cast this week. Yao's got his, his card, Dave's got his card, Spurs not playing midweek, Spurs haven't lost in a week. Life is, life is good, is that right lads? Life is good? Yeah? <laughs> listen, listen. Let, let's let's do some intros. Let's do some intros. Yeah, how you doing, man? I'm fine. I'm happy that the barb is <laughs> open, so I got a little trim. Still need a shape yeah. up, but it's more it's more respectable now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like obviously, it's good to be back on the podcast with you guys, and uh, uh, we'll get to discussing uh, our good old Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> Owen, what are you saying, man? How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Just come back from a little bit of real life football, dead leg, but got a win, and yeah, just here to talk about our happy chirpy Spurs. Yeah. So what were you? Were you the gaffer of the team this evening, or or not? On my right foot, so yeah, no. Nah. Ah, okay. Which is my weaker foot, actually. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Dave, how you doing, man? I'm good. I, I had a football game today as well. Two goals, yeah. left and right. Don't worry about it. Um, okay, um, I'm actually more excited about the fact that I think I might start a Twitter account for the number of days since number two played for our club um, because it's, it's increasing very nicely, and I ain't seen them in a while, so my my, my, hope, my hopes are up. <laughs> yeah, number two is interesting because I think he's been injured for a while, but um, yeah. even fit now. With what is it? Four games left. Three games left. I can't even remember how many games played. I think it's four games left. We don't. We we don't want to see them man touch a football pitch for us for the rest of this season, innit? So, speaking of number two, let's actually talk about the actual number two that played um, for us 
on the weekend. Let's start off with our, our recent game to to Sheffield United. Um, before I even get into specifics, let's just do a round the round the room sort of uh, discussion. What was everyone's predicted scoreline before a ball was kicked? I thought we were going to lose two one. To be honest, to Sheffield United. Yeah, come on. Yeah, he did yeah. say that last week. I did. I know you did, but I like, come did. on. <laughs> I, thought you, I was giving you an opportunity to to change, man. What the hell? <laughs> Live and die by the sword, my friend. But yeah, it was. <laughs> um, well, so I thought we were going to get caught doing too much again. I thought Sheffield United would kick on. They beat Brighton the game before. They don't really have to play with any pressure. Yeah, but they they just didn't turn up at all. Dave, I don't know what I predicted last week. It might have been three one, but I, I did think. Look. Um, Let's over the week, let me change the question. Let me change the question a little bit. When you saw the lineup, what did you think the score was going to be? Because I feel three like three-one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw a mistake. Um, yeah, pretty much siding with uh, Dave on this one. I even during the week while I was being asked by people, I had it as three-one uh, victory. I didn't see us losing. I thought it'd be just a repeat uh, of the scoreline at their ground. Um, pretty much. And I didn't see us keeping a clean sheet, which was um, nice to see. Mad. I'm, I think I must have been the only one who predicted us to get a clean sheet. I don't think it was going to be a battering. Well, I knew we were going to dominate the game in open play, but I didn't think it was going to be a battering from a scoreline point of view. But there was no way on earth we were going to let this team score again, man. Like, they are, they are gashed, man. They are terrible. They're absolutely terrible this season. But, I mean... Us running out four nil winners. I'm gonna start with you on this one, Owen. Your favourite guy, man. Gareth mm. Bell. <laughs> Hat trick. That's nine goals in the league this season. I think he's only in had nine eight starts. starts. Is it nine yeah. starts he's had? Jeez. Like, even so, so it's, it's very respectable, I can't lie. Yeah. yeah, talk to me, man. Were you impressed with his hat trick and and yeah, talk to me about his hat trick and then talk to me about your thoughts on, on Bill as a whole this season. Because I feel like it's a recurring discussion we have, but we have to have it. Because every time he scores, the propaganda is going to go up and up and up. Oh, Bill this, Bill that. So let's let's hear it, man. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of propaganda recently, like of uh, loads of people wanting to keep Bill. Um, a lot of people were saying, you know, they didn't really want to make a caveat for the performance, given that it was Sheffield United. But... Um, yeah, like he Bale was aided by what what I saw from us in regards to an actual organised press. Um, I thought we were actually able to do an organised and aggressive press purely because Sheffield United just didn't have that potency up front. So um, I saw the fullbacks winning the ball uh, quite a lot, and thus Bale was able to um, kind of stay inside and receive the ball in dangerous areas while we sustained pressure. Um, but given that Sheffield United was so poor, that obviously allowed him to to get the ball as much as he did and be as effective as he was. Um, as I say, like with, um, I, I don't think we would have been able to play that way against a more established side. Uh, I think if we tried to play that way against a top half side, honestly and truly, I think we would have got overran and beaten quite easily. But... Um, I mean, yeah, credit to Bale in the sense that you can only really beat what's in front of you. I mean, I'm trying to think now, has Bale scored against the team in the top half this season? I don't think he has. No. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. So, yeah, it's 
it's one of those like I think he can be effective in these games where we can um guarantee sustaining pressure and keeping the ball and yeah, his finishes were good, but overall his performance I I, I wouldn't trust it against a more established team. It was just aided by the Sheffield United essentially not turning up in my opinion. Um I'm trying to uh, it did um stir me a bit in the sense of you know, should we keep him on another year? Now, I can't lie, it did edge me towards me wanting to keep him on another year, but only um, kind of using him sparingly against these kind of teams and only if we can kind of facilitate him playing more centrally. If someone like Aurier, for example, um, holds it down on the right-hand side with, uh, for the width. So... Yeah, I mean, it was an okay performance. Like, it was effective. It was against a poor team. Um, yeah, fair play to him. See, I thought, I thought he, I thought he played, I thought he played really well and took his goals very, very well. I mean, the first goal was a great finish, but like you said, you have to take the opposition into account. You really do, Dave. I'm going to come to you next on this one. Um, similar question to Owen. Like, you got all the the, the same. Propaganda propping up again. Gareth Bell, should he stay? Should we keep him? Is he worth the two hundred and forty k a week that we pay him or whatever? What's your What's your take on Bell? Um, and is he someone that at this point in time we have to keep in this? We have to keep or try and retain for next season, or is it a case of us sort of moving on and trying to get some new blood there? Um. I, well, when he signed, I said to my friend, I said, um, <clears throat> he's actually a Real Madrid fan. I said to him. If we get 15 goals out of Bell, I think that's decent enough. He hasn't played football for two years. He's been in and out with injuries. He's been on the golf course, obviously. You know, you know all the jokes. So I thought to myself, you know, 15 goals and, and, and you know, that's decent enough. And I think once he got going, we're seeing that he thrives in playing in a team that's playing on the front foot. He's not the guy of old. He hasn't got his pace that he used to have. He's got a little bit of acceleration, but he's not going to beat a player down down the wing eight times out of ten so you need to play further up and you know what we saw at the weekend and the reason why he scored against lesser opposition is because obviously under the old manager those were the only times where we pushed up the pitch if you're playing with your you know your centre-backs on on the edge of the box Hoiberg on their toes by the time Bale gets the ball in his own half all he can do is is kind of like the long passes or whatever which you know he's, he's decent enough at but that's not what we want from him you know, he's not like Son who can get the ball and head down. He's going on a run. He's not like Mora who's going to put pressure on your back line by running directly at you. So you need to play further forward. So depending on who we get in as a manager, um, if they're going to play a system that is that is progressive, that is um, a bit more, you know, higher up the pitch, then he can be useful. But I don't want to pay him 240k a week. Yeah, I don't think the money to go out and buy a player who will give us 15 to 20 goals a season from the right hand side. I don't think we necessarily got that money. So yes, let's keep him, but we might have to might have to look at the finances and check your pockets, brother. Because yeah. a lot of money to put down on a player who also can get caught with injuries. Yeah, yeah. And not just can get caught with injuries, also is not get he's not gonna get any better. He's still got quality in that boot in that in that left peg of his, but this is what we get. This is this is as good as it gets for 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 Bill, really. So, yeah, I'm coming to you next on this one as well. What's because 
I want to get everyone's everyone's take on it. I know we've we're, we're basically talking about the same thing over and over again, but my 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 thinking is Spurs should move on and try and get some new blood in that position that can nail down that position long term. Even if it necessarily, even if it means that we may take a hit in terms of productivity in comparison to what Bill would offer us, at least we had someone there long term. But then on the same same discussion, I'm thinking. I think Bale should still be an option if we can't get a new right winger. If we can't get a fresh, young right winger who can nail down that spot in years to come, I see. I wouldn't complain if Spurs made a move for Gareth Bale and he was at the club next season. What's your view? Um, this might sound a bit controversial considering I have been on Bale's case all season, but to be honest with you, I think the fact that we've got... I think we got first refusal or something like that to loan him out for a second season. And then the season after that, he'll be a free agent. Mm. Kind of works in our favour. And in a weird way, we don't really lose positioning by taking the option to loan him out for a second season. Because basically this season was his get fit season, if you want to consider it that. So, for the majority of the season, he was basically getting up to speed. And I guess what we're seeing now is probably him near what he might produce for the remainder of the season, maybe even going into next season. If we took the option of having him for a second season, we probably may get a bit of a better production, but that depends on whether the manager that comes in plays Bell in a role that I would deem to be more of a free role where we don't really restrict him to a positional sense and just basically say to him, look, float around, you know, the the final third of the pitch and basically impact the game the way you can best. With that being said, if we did take him on for a second season, yes, I know money-wise there's been a lot of talk that Spurs is a bit um, cash-strapped and obviously his um, wages will be quite high. But after that, he becomes a free agent. And I think, you know, if we took him on for a second season and he became a free agent, he would probably want to come to us for a pay cut, you know, because I don't think anyone's going to pay him maybe the, the amount that he wants to be paid. And if he doesn't want to come to us, he's probably going to just go, I don't know, MLS or something like that, just to get some sort of, like, pay packet. So there, there's a lot of more positives in taking Bale on for a second season than there is not taking him on. Um, Because I don't really feel we lose much in taking him on for a second season. If it doesn't even work out in terms of the loan side of things, like I said, he becomes a free agent and we can still go and get a youngster in that role later on. Mm. Yeah. I think... I think there's I think there's valid cases for both sides, but that that makes sense to be honest. Um, so what if his contract is up? Let's say hypothetically we keep him, we keep him next, or we retain him for next season, and um, his contract is up at the end of the season. What is that? Is that do you explore the option of of getting him on a free transfer? Or do you say, yep, that's it, sayonara, you served your purpose? I think I think I, I always sit on the what he'll be what this season will turn him next season will turn him so he's 31 now he's going to be 32 he'll he'll be 32 by the time 
he's a free agent. And we're saying, what, give it a season. So if we have like a whole season of a 32-year-old Gareth Bale, let's say he's completely done. I'm speaking hypothetically, but let's say... He'll be 33, sorry, by the time he's a free agent. Okay, so he'd be 33 by the time he's a free agent. So, okay, let's say hypothetically he's done footballing-wise in terms of like his legs and all that kind of stuff by, say, 35, 36. So he's like, we're really at the, like, tail end of his career. It's all coming down, basically. It's all decline from this point on. I don't see no harm in taking on a reduced-priced Gareth Bell, even if he retires at our club. I don't see no harm in that because of the quality in his ability is undeniable. Now, again, it comes down to the manager in terms of like how he's used and all of that kind of stuff, but I, the only example I can give would be United with Cavani. A lot of people are like, he's too old. How is he going to cope with the pace of the Premier League? No Cavani in this United squad. You know, Cavani has really shown people that his quality speaks for itself. Yeah, he may not have the same pace and, you know, absolute violence that he used to have back in the day, but he's still, you know, a quality footballer. And I think that's what we could kind of get with Bell. Maybe not in the same... Um, same vein, but I think we could get something similar to that with Bill. And at this, is he gone? Is he all gone? Is that just me? No, I think he I think uh, lost, lost him. No, he's, he's lost. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll wait for Yard to come back. But, uh... Good point on Cavani, yeah. So I've said I wanted Cavani at the start, to be honest. Like, I, st- I think with, play- mm. with players like Gareth Bale and Cavani, like, you don't... Players of that caliber, they don't just lose to... their quality. Do you get what I'm saying? They don't just lose it. So, oh, he's back. Am I, am I back? Yeah, you're back. Yeah. Am I back? Okay, cool. First and foremost, yeah, let me let me just say, Bon Bell, because obviously I'm talking nicely about him, and so he's messed up. <laughs> yeah? So, Bon him. I want him back at Madrid. That nonsense can't be messing with Masrata like that. <laughs> but honestly, moving moving off moving off Gareth Bale then, and I'm talking about the performance itself. Um, like you you meant you alluded to it, Owen that like because of the opposition that able to sort of push high up. Um, I'm not sure if my internet is, is still okay, but yeah, we we're able to push high up. Um, do you feel as if the fullbacks benefited from the, the the level of opposition because I don't know about you lot, but I thought that it was a much improved performance from Serge Aurier and, and Regulon. So um Dave, actually I'm gonna to come to you on this first. What are your thoughts on the on the on the fullback performances on, on both sides? Yeah, yeah, you're you're totally right. Um they pushed on. I think it's it's clear to see that Sheffield United without Chris Wilder um, and and the kind of innovation that he had to kind of cover some of their flaws. Once you get past their first press, it's it's you know it's open open season really, and it's a good game to end for me. Once we went like two 0 up, I was like, right, fill your boots now, lads. Like, let's just go for it because it's a nice chance to get some confidence before the last four games or whatever. Um, and I was very impressed with with Regs because he's not been great over the past few weeks. <clears throat> he still had a few shaky moments. Um, but power Serge Aurier, my gosh, he he looked like a man reborn. I haven't seen him play that well since the Man United game. 
Um, I think what for me is it's clear that he's developing some sort of relationship with Gareth Bell in terms of you know some of his, his he got two assists didn't he? You know, mm. Just wait on his yeah. pass, the 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 IQ to kind of hold off on his runs, that kind of thing. We don't see a well-rounded performance from him. I feel like when he plays well, it's usually one thing or the other. You know, he's he's great attacking, but then defensively he lets us down. Um, he didn't have much to do defensively, um, but I felt like he was getting some real good positions, making very smart decisions, got the two assists. Um, and to be honest, if, if it all wasn't to the same person, I think Oye would have been man of the match. I think, mm. he, I, think he, I think he played really played really well, but yeah, again, you got to take it with a pinch of salt because of the opposition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what, Owen? I'm coming to you on this. What did you think of the midfield pair, uh, the midfield pairing, though? Because it's clear to see that Ryan Mason wanted to go all out attack on this one, like very attacking an offensive lineup because of the opposition that we had. We needed to get back to winning ways, and we needed to to get back. We needed to to win emphatically, but Obviously, midfield pairing of Hoybier, who seemed to be like the only defensive-minded midfielder of the lot, and then you had Lacelso starting in his third consecutive game under Ryan Mason, and and then you had a, a, a random first start for 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 Dele Alli. Like, what, what were your thoughts on the, on on the latter two's performance on that game? And do you feel like do you feel like their inclusion was justified? Um, for this game, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right. It is, it is very interesting because it's um, essentially the second game in a row that Ndombele has had zero minutes as well. So it's interesting to see what um, Brian Mason's thinking is is with that. Um, the balance looked um a bit lopsided when I first saw the lineup. I can't lie. I, last time I saw La Celsa play in the pivot, I think it was funny enough against Sheffield United away last year um, when we got completely overran at Bramall Lane. Um, but luckily for him, he he's had, he had a much improved performance. Um, he showed good energy around to help protect Hoybier when he needed to. Like I don't think he really overcommitted that much. Um, Delhi was doing this thing um, tenacity-wise as well. Like It was good to see him get those kind of fitness minutes because um, not everything he he did necessarily came off, but I felt like he was he was like very decent in uh, deeper areas when he got close to La Celso and and Hoybio. Um, midfield balance, I I can't see it being a thing going forward. To be honest, I, I think it was just one of those for Sheffield United where you can make those kind of assurances. You know they're not. Um, well, I, I thought they would do a lot better, to be honest, but they just didn't turn up uh, just to play a more, much more forward-thinking uh, line-up and keep the energy in there. Um, I'd like to see how he, he uses Ndombele and well, the rest of the midfielders in the next games because we've got Leeds next. So... I can't see him starting that same midfield for Leeds because really and truly I think we'll just get peppered. Um, but yeah, it did the job on the day against Sheffield United. I'm glad you said it to be honest. Um, a lot of people had comments of Poundland, Rude Hullet. <laughs> mm. <laughs> a lot of a lot of our fans were still. 
<laughs> a lot of our fans were still lamenting what Lacelso still brings to this team. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm coming to you on this. Uh, Dele, like, do you see a future with this guy? Because it seems <laughs> as if this, this, it, I said this. I said this on a previous pod. It seems as if this club are. Flogging Dead Horse FC, where we flog and flog and flog and flog, expecting something different. Give me your thoughts on Dele, man. Sell it. That's why I came to you, because I know your thoughts on the chat. <laughs> hey, wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me add to that quick before, before I get some, some abuse in my DMs. Yeah. Right. Look, I, I think the problem the problem we have, especially with Spurs, not just with Spurs, but in general with football nowadays, is like if we saw Delhi and he went somewhere else and you know had a resurgence, people would be like, "Oh, you see, he's the manager and it's all that kind of stuff." Sometimes you just need to get away from the area that you're in. You know, some people have lived in London all their lives; they move to the countryside living a good life, love it, peaceful. You know, sometimes you just need to get away. And that's where I feel like it is with Delhi. I feel like we got the best we could out of Delhi. I don't get the impression that he's interested enough in becoming the best he can potentially be. And this is not the first time I felt this way because I felt this way when he was under Poch. Um, and to be honest with you, it infuriates me because we've had what? I'd say two very good seasons from from Delhi in the time he's been with us. But we've also had two seasons of crap, you know, with the last 18 months being easily the worst. And I know people are going to say, but he's barely played. And, Mate, I've seen him play in Europa League games and I'm like, this guy's trash. Like, So it's either you wake up now... <laughs> And earn your contract or get sold. Because I have no problems with him going to West Ham and having a Jesse Lingard resurgence. Well done, mm. yourself. I, I don't care for that. Yeah, But I ain't got time for this whole... Man Man went away, had short hair, came back. It's now Bob Marley. Make, make it make sense to me, bruv. How are you Bob Marley without without the, the, the end product? So we're not going to get no, no, free little, no freaky little birds. We're not going to get no... No, I shot the sheriff. We're, we're getting none of this. Yeah, we're getting no classics. <laughs> but you got the hairdo. All right, well done. Don't clap for yourself. I'm proud. Of you. I'm proud of you. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, you know, is you know, you know, is yeah. Like honestly, I still think he's a good player there. Like, but we are just not going to see that player right now at Spurs. You've hit the nail on the head that a lot of not just our fans, but fans in general always um, get wrong. That if you sell a player and he thrives elsewhere, you were you were it was wrong for you to sell that player, as if to say you should ignore the fact that that player is not offering you what you need at this point in time um, in that position. And I think I think Dele unfortunately falls into that bracket, and he's not the only one. He's not the only one as well. But it, I think we need to. We just need to be ruthless in the summer. Dave, I'm coming to you again on another player. Came on as a substitute. Uh, 
assisted, if you want to call it that, assisted Son's goal, even though it was a ridiculous goal from Sonny outside the outside the edge of the area. Um, Steven Bergwijn. I think that's his first assist in God knows how many weeks, months. I don't know. He's still on zero goals this season. Another player who, by all accounts, the fan base are like, we if we get a good offer, we need to try and move him on to summer. What? Where, where do you where do you currently stand with 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 Berg? You're in, yeah. I still, I still believe. Yeah, I still. Okay. So, I've been on I've been on different platforms and I've been talking about this guy because I I see such a good player in him. I think he's young enough that we can we can give him another season at least. Let's think about it, right? Both him and Bale look a lot better when we're on the front foot. Um, his confidence, I think, is shot because he's had to do a lot more work than should have been expected of such a young player. You know, playing under Mourinho, he was <laughs> defensive forward or whatever people were calling him. And, you know, every time he got a, a shot on goal, you can tell he's knackered. He's, and I'm not, I'm not making excuses for him. He's a professional footballer. He should be able to take these chances. But I feel like the time under Mourinho really eroded his confidence. And we're seeing it now because he's, he's come back in um, for, I think he came on in the final, didn't he? Or maybe a Southampton game. Um, and even in the brief moments he's come on, he's looked sharper. He's getting into positions that he wasn't getting into before. Now, I actually thought he could have got a goal on um, on Saturday or Sunday, whenever it was. Um, there was one time, I think, I can't remember who had the ball. All they had to do was slip him in and he would one-on-one, I mean, in the box. You'd hope he takes that chance. And I would have been, I would have been mad happy for him. I feel like we can give him another year. Um, we haven't seen the best of him. Again, playing on the front foot makes such a difference to an attacking player, um, especially one that has his qualities. Um, and you know, when, when did he sign? He signed under Mourinho, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He under Mourinho, yeah. So you know, he's been here a year and a bit. He came in January. Um, can we? Can we look at the fact we've had disruptive seasons? Is that an issue? Pre-season, he hasn't got used to the league yet. He hasn't had that run. I don't know what the reasons are. But I would give him another chance. I still believe in Stevie Wonder. Fair enough. Fair play. I think we need to watch the space of him in the summer because uh, it'll be interesting. Me, personally, I still think he's not a bad... I, I think there's something there, but in all honesty, it's just like, how many more of these players are we going to say, oh... He's young enough, so we give him another season. He's this, we give him another season. We just need you to produce, man. Like I'm just like I'm tired of having players who are who should be good, who should be offering us more, who can offer us more, and they're just not. Like Jack has been beating this drum for months, and I think I'm slowly I'm hearing it. Slowly, my head. You see that Jay Z? You see that Jay Z? That Jay Z meme where like where it's like yeah, when yeah, it's just yeah, like. Yeah. Bumping. I think I'm my head's bumping to Jack's to Jack's beat now because yeah he got the assist but so what zero goals this season zero goals it's this poor. Season. it's poor it's poor I can't lie it's poor if we if we had this way if if we had if if someone came to us this summer and gave us the amount that we paid for Steven Bergwijn back the twenty four million pounds made a bid I'll sell him I'll take it for twenty four pounds. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> this guy <laughs> got no manners. I didn't say that. 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 I didn't say that
It was Owen. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I thought he was five to four and a half. That wasn't me. It was Owen. He told me his mouth. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. That's not me. It wasn't me. No, but honestly, it will be... Listen, I think I think ultimately we 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 will do... I'm, in my head, I'm thinking we will do when we do we will do like a special once the season's over on like a keep or sell because I feel like there's a lot of players that we need to assess in this team in terms of in terms of their the, the justification for keeping for keeping them at the club and whether the club will actually keep them or, or, or sell them. But I want to talk about an incident as well that happened in this game. Um, John Fleck and VAR. Like I hate speaking about VAR because. It seems as if one week it's getting panned, the other week it's getting praised. But how on earth did John Fleck stay on that pitch? Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Don't explain to me. How? How did that happen? Mercy, mercy, mercy on Sheffield United. I don't know, Owen. You know what's funny? I'm going to be honest with you. I think the problem with VAR, again, is the people or the referees that are employed or chosen to implement it. So the human element is is the is the most infuriating part of um, VAR because I don't understand. I've seen so, okay. I can't believe I'm saying this because I absolutely hate their guts. But David Luiz gets sent off against Wolves, yeah, for um, what was considered to be a trick. To be fair, there's absolutely nothing he can do about it. The guy's back leg hits his um, chin pad. He goes down. It's a penalty. But he got sent off. All right, cool. You can't tell me Fleck can't move his foot out of the way of Lacelso's head. Like his head's big enough already. He stomps on man's head. Yeah, nearly takes mm. this guy's eye socket out. And what? No red card. Even even if even if you're going to turn around and say to me it was an accident, that's still violent, bruv. Get him off the yeah. pitch. So I don't understand but- how you went to a video review and still came up with the decision of. It was accidental. Don't do nothing. Are you okay? Don't make sense. What if he broke his eye socket? Then what? Yeah. Say sorry, Pele. Um, I, I did. I did tweet this. Someone could. Of course, there's a wider discussion in VAR. Um, someone could 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 assume though as well that um, it might potentially be karma for Lacelso because I'm not sure if you don't remember, but because I remember that game away to Stamford Bridge last year um, and I didn't get I didn't get to see the replays until I got home but like 
um, at some point in the game, Lacelso, I think it was on Aspel Equator, like he's he's purposely like trod on Aspel Equator's like shin or ankle or something like that. And they reviewed it on VAR, and he didn't get sent off for it. Like they didn't they didn't send him off for it as well. So I don't know. I feel like like you said, yeah, um, it's just the incompetence. The people using the technology are just so incompetent now. Something that you should see instantly in one take, you you, you take extra long, three, four, five opportunities to see, and you still get it wrong. It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. But I'm not going to sit here and bash bash VAR. We have we have better things to do with our with our time. Um, oh, and I'm going to come to you on this one as well. Obviously, um, we're seeing the news this week. Um, Another manager linked, uh, Graham Potter, Scott Parker, Ralph Ragnick, uh, obviously Ten Hag has turfed us. How many managers are going to be linked now? Um, and we are avid readers of, 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 um, Alistair Gold's, uh, pieces. Has it, have you read his piece on, on the, on the manager of Merry-Go-Round and, and what his assessment is of all the names that have been linked? Yeah, there was a particular emphasis on uh, what's going on with the Italians who have been linked, where it seems to have been it maybe just pushed by maybe agents or just um, just fellow countrymen just to try and uh, just to stir the pot, try and get them other jobs, etc., etc. The latest ones were Gasparini and Antonio Conte after Maurizio Sarri. Um, it's been said that. Um, we've not even considered Sari because he's um, too old, and I don't think a f- another former Chelsea man would uh, would be appeased much by fans. Um, or it would appease the fans much. Uh, Antonio Conte again, another ex Chelsea one who I would I would entertain, but there doesn't seem to be any truth in it. Even though Inter uh, Inter's finances seem to be in the mud, it doesn't seem like they can kick on from their title win whatsoever. Although congratulations to them and Ericsson. So whatever. Um, Gasparini, yeah, I, I don't know too much about him, but I just know he, he plays very progressive, entertaining football with Atalanta. This Ralph Ragnick one confused me, though. Um, mm. There was a bit of German terminology to say that he was offered to us, but I don't know who's offering him to us. I don't know if there was even any consideration. I don't know if it's his agent just trying to get him the job because it's rumoured that he's actually open to it. Um, yeah, God knows. Um, <laughs> last week, we obviously talked in depth about Ten Hag and we even named the pod after him just for him to literally <laughs> the next day and I can't chat with Ajax. So I was thinking at one point, like, oh, should, should, we, should we just change the name of the pod then? But no, it, it was too good. Um, yeah, we, we well and truly got turfed. And then we've got the... Um, the um, Premier League managers rumoured who uh, a lot of the fans don't like. Brendan Rodgers, probably not viable. He would be my first choice. However, I definitely wouldn't say no to Graham Potter. Um, I think he would definitely suit um, the way we'd like to play. It's just a case of, is he a big enough name to not only uh, tame egos, will he be big enough or assertive enough to maybe be a pool in the transfer market because, yeah, it, it'll be a sticky one. But, I mean, the transfer market's going to be sticky for us regardless. And then you've got Scott Parker, who's been really heavily rumoured. I don't think he's ready. Um, 
boy, I I don't know if there's another dozen for me to cover. I'm sure there is. There's loads, but, man. Um, uh, what is it? Ryan Mason. A lot of fans seem to want him permanent manager after right. that four 0 win. Now, I I don't. I definitely don't think he's ready. Um, but yeah, like it it could be a myth for us to sum up. I it's been heavily rumored that we're gonna announce ideally a new manager before the end of the season. Mm. It doesn't look like anything's close. But as I say, I I I, I wouldn't say no to Potter at this point. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, yeah, Dave, I'm going to ask you both on this as well. Um, do you think that there's, there is a tendency from our fan base to just accept what's given to them? Like, we, Ryan Mason winning. Mason. Yeah, Spurs. Like, Like old with literally no experience of managing a club of our stature, apart from this interim spell that he's got right now. Um, you want him to get the job full time? Where does where does that 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 line of thinking come from? Can one of you not explain to me, please? It's it's, it's <laughs> passion and desire crew, isn't it? Romanticism, because he's one of our own. It's, it's the passion and desire yeah. crew. It's the same crew that lets Lamella stay in our club for eight years because he has a couple of slide tackles and scores two goals a year or whatever. Um, it's it's ridiculous. And I, I'm, I've am i kind of switched off, actually, after um, Eric Ten Hag dumped us without us even... <laughs> he didn't even return our phone calls. <laughs> um, <laughs> after he just turned around and went, you know what, I heard your podcast, I'm not coming. Um, I believe <laughs> for me, I'm just kind of like, you know what, I... I I don't know who, who we're going after next. But this is Ryan Mason Malarkey. As much as yeah, we saw the 4-0, we were playing against the championship side, right? They're already relegated. Did what we're trying to do, we're trying to get into a position where we can compete in the bigger games. Alright? So you're looking at your Chelsea's, your Arsenal's, your Man Cities, yeah? You're looking at can we, you know, away like Ferguson used to say, Alex Ferguson, <clears throat> you know, the great manager, you say away from home, you draw. You win the home game, you get four points from your rivals, right? Can we get a manager who can give us a style of play that brings out the best in our players to do that? You're, you want to go after a manager who pinks winks over in Dombele. That's not it for me, I'm sorry. So people are just kind of going off this passion thing. He's one of our own, academy boy, all that kind of rubbish, but that's not good enough. And if you want to be moving up the table, you've got to come better than that. Do you know what I mean? And Ryan Mason's not going to get it done. Yeah, looking at the pool of options that we have available now, then yeah, I know whether we or not, it's going to be a never-ending discussion on our pod until a new manager through the doors. So obviously, you've been quite opinionated in the chat on Spurs, like Spurs needing to aspire for more. Give me your detractors on an appointment like a, a, a Graham Potter then, because I've seen some of the names we've been linked with. Marcelino, apparently, um, Alistair Gold says he's not realistic. Um, of course, Owen touched on um, on Antonio Conte, who hell <laughs> who is far from the realms of possibility for Spurs. So it seems as if we are going to have to 
go for one of these managers um, that come with a great element of risk. What, what, what's your take on a Graham Potter or, or a Graham Potter level type manager then? See, the thing is, yeah, it's it's harsh to it's harsh to insult Potter's achievement, say in the Swedish. I think it's the Swedish league, if I'm correct. Um, what he did with that um, team, taking them from tier four team to Oscar. to um, the top division and winning right. the league. The thing is, and this is, I know people are going to say, but look at the teams he's beaten, all this kind of stuff. Look. I've heard fans say if Potter comes to Spurs, he's going to have better players to deal with and they'll be able to do things that Brighton are unable to do in that sense. And I keep telling people that is not how football works. It just doesn't. Yeah, It's not a computer game. Yeah, You don't just go from one team to another and transfer exactly what you did with one team to another and it works. Pep's... Man City team played very different, whether people notice this or not, played very different to his Bayern Munich team. And his Bayern Munich team played way different to his Barcelona team. Even though there was elements that is linked throughout all three teams, the three teams all played differently. If we got somebody like Potter in, we have to accept the fact that this is another project. And we're not at that point no more. Yeah? And that, that's that's kind of the, the curse of um, us growing in the last five to six years, that's the curse that you get. Once you grow and you become one of the big teams, or as you know, Sky Sports likes to package it up, the big six, we don't have room for projects now. If we're going to have somebody that's going to come in with a project, he's got to be a big name. He's got to be about that life. He's got to be something like Pep. He's got to be like, all right, cool. This ain't really a project, yeah, but I'm here for three years, and in those three years, I'm looking to win the Prem by year two. That's what. That's the point that we need to start thinking. Now, if we're going with a Potter, we're, we're not saying that Potter is not going to be able to achieve top six and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that. Yeah, but we have to acknowledge that this guy is literally starting with a blank canvas. And the question we have to answer as fans is, are we willing to go through that again? And the answer from my point of view is no. And that's that's why I'm like I'm not gonna accept somebody like Potter who, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, hasn't managed a club that's got to the top ten at the very least, hasn't managed a club that's made it to a final at the very least, hasn't managed a club that's even participated in in the group stages of the Champions League. At least those three things have to be achieved for a manager to even come to Spurs. At least I don't care what league you've done it in, you have to have at least achieved. One of those three things that I just mentioned, he hasn't done none of those. So why should I accept that he should come to my club and tell Bell, hey, I, I want you to play like Mopey? Yeah, yeah, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> the bigger names aren't viable. The, 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 it's true. The, Owen, is right. uh, Owen is right. The bigger names aren't viable. And we're going to take, we are going to have to take a, a big, as I said, a big element of risk. Potter is, listen, for his, for, at his level, Potter's a very talented coach. I'm of the opinion that after Brendan Rod, after well, Brendan Rodgers isn't English; he's, he's Scottish. But uh, as far as English Northern man, Irish. oh, sorry, Northern Ireland, Northern, Northern Irish. Irish sorry, Irish, I thought he was Scottish. Sorry, my bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Um, so no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. It's it's Moisey that's Scottish. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, I think with 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 Potter, talented coach, football instructor is right. When you look at Brighton, their shape, in and out of possession, the football they play, um, and his ability to 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 maintain his style no matter who comes into their team. Like in terms of in terms of his ideals, philosophy, and how he sets out his team, he is very much a manager that I like and that those characteristics I want to see in our next manager. But yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. It may be too much too soon for a guy like Graham Potter. Because the expectation... Sorry, go on. Go on. Yeah, sorry. No, because... You know what? One thing I will say, and this is... Because I have been very harsh on Potter. I apologise. You know, I'm trying to be nice to him. You know, he's a nice lad. But I don't see no different in terms of, like, the way Brighton played to how Bournemouth played the first few years they came up. You know, I I love the way Bournemouth played when they first came up. You know, that free-spirited way of playing, you know, they weren't really afraid of who they came up against. I, I, I really appreciate that. But that's that's all good for teams at that level. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about Spurs. <laughs> like, I know people are going to be like, yeah, but what if you want? Big my shot. We're talking about Spurs, yeah? Like, regardless of whether people want to admit it or not, yeah, when you say Tottenham Hotspurs, that rings bells in the Premier League, yeah? It don't ring bells like certain teams. But it still rings bells. You think, all right, cool. These are the players that they've had over the... You need to be doing some stuff. Serious stuff. Like, it's just not going to cut it for me. If I see... Like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'll, I'll, I'll be... I try to be nice in it. But if Potter comes to Spurs, I'm booing him every single week. <laughs> <laughs> every week. Okay, you think I'm joking? The thing is, yeah. Every weekend... <laughs> I'm drawing a lot of parallels right now to when when uh, AVB left and we had interim, one of our own from the youth in Sherwood and then we were linked heavily with quite big names at the time, like Laudrup and Louis Van Gaal and I've done a poll on, on the Spurs Touchdown account like, okay, 2014 summer, who did you want? Louis Van Gaal or Pochettino? Louis Van Gaal won quite like quite heavily. Um, like I, I think too much emphasis is being put on like a sexy name. Um, I think if someone like Potter was to get in, like I rate him, I, I rate his Brighton side more than the Bournemouth team in the sense, like I know they're finishing like way below Bournemouth sides, but uh, Bournemouth didn't really exert control over games like like Brighton. I uh, I see do. I just think people like Trossard and Mopay, Mopay, I just asked. But, yeah, I think it'll be a case of if Potter gets in, he's on the training ground with the boys, then it's going to be a case of real recognise real. The players are going to respond to that. And I think, and it's been an outlandish shot, I think if we have a really good clear-out and a few additions, and the clear-out has to be heavy. It has to be heavy. Mourinho, please, I'm on my knees. Please get Lamora in for Roma, because I know you like them. (laughs) <laughs> and Roma are probably going to back you, so you might as well, please. Um, yeah, with a really heavy clear out. If we manage to keep Kane and Son, even retain Bale, sign a few decent defenders at least, then we could easily finish top four under Potter. Easily. I don't know about easily. I don't think it'll be easy, but let me say that. So you're right. And I was just thinking, that there are parallels when we got Potch, right? There are parallels when we got Potch. But here's the thing. Because Poch had a manager at that level before, is that the reason why when we got to semi-finals and finals or whatever, 
he got found out by more experienced managers. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, Potter may be able to get us to play good football and rare, 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 but we want a manager who can help us progress and start winning these games that we're losing in the latter stages of competitions. Love Mourinho. No, no, well, we thought Mourinho... Mourinho got us to the final. I know know it's it's funny to say it, and like, all right, cool, we've had an awful season and he's gone yet, but you just have to call a spade a spade. He got us to a final. (laughs) Like In in his first full season, he got us to a final. Yes, Poch did the same. And what I would say about the whole um, Poch thing is I wanted Poch. When when that time came up, I wanted Poch. Yeah, the, but the difference between Poch and Potter for me was I looked at Poch's Southampton team and I was like, this team shouldn't be where it is. Mm. And he's stuck there. So I was like, all right, cool. Maybe he could come and do something with us. I knew with Louis Van Gaal, it was a bigger name, but, you know, and he would have probably a better pool in the um, market. But he would want a specific team to play his specific style, which is three-five-two predominantly, and I didn't think that would necessarily suit us. So I wanted Poch. This time around, I don't want Potter. <laughs> like, well done what you did down south. Like, cool, that's nice. Keep yourself down there, bro. <laughs> don't, don't come it's up. Not no. bad down here, you know. <laughs> don't come up. Don't, 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 don't come around here, please. please. <laughs> It's, it's it's interesting because listen we can debate it until the cows come home but we are gonna have to it seems as if there's gonna be whichever manager we get based on the pool we have available it seems like that manager is not gonna be the majority's cup of tea whoever it is whoever it is it seems as if there's gonna be something that we're gonna have to endure about that manager I just hope it's the best of the of the of the bunch that we have available now because Owen is right. It's it's not all about the big name, big name. But I'm here. I'm with y'all. I need experience. I need XP. I need experience of you. Not even fair enough. Like of course we want to win stuff. I mean I need experience of you managing a side whose expectations are if you don't get top four or even top five, if you don't progress in the last stages of the European competition, you're done. And I think my worry with a manager like Graham Potter is, yes, he's talented. Yes, his Brighton side play good football. Yes, they're organised. Yes, defensively, they are a lot more secure than some of these other sides who, who play with the, with the same freedom that they play with. But ultimately, there's no pressure on him now. If Brighton get relegated, he's not getting sacked. If Brighton stay where they are, he's not getting sacked. If Brighton move up, he's not getting sacked. There is, there is ultimate security at his job. There's no pressure. So the expectation for me is nowhere near as great. And I'm, my, my worry is, can he make that jump up? I just think it's too much too soon. Look at Brendan Rodgers. He made a jump up to Liverpool and he was excellent in one of the seasons. But in other seasons, he was a bit subpar and he had to literally go to Scotland to, 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 to patch up his reputation. For me, it's more about the name. It's more For me, it's less about the name. It's more and more about can you handle everything that this job's gonna 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 come with? And I don't think Potter can handle all, all of that right now. I just don't. I don't know. What do you think? What do you look? Can Potter, can Potter go on loan? Can can we can we buy him and send him out on loan to RB Leipzig, and then and then come back <laughs> a season later? Can can managers do that? 
<laughs> for me, he's he's just the best, like kind of viable name that I know of. Maybe other than Ralph Ragnick, like I'd have him as well for sure. But I, I don't even know what his experience is like. I think <clears> he's had a pretty much uh, he's at, he's been at a similar level. Maybe like Hoffenheim and Leipzig finished a bit higher up, but in terms of trophies and stuff, I haven't heard much about it. I, I don't know. I, I maintain like Brendan. Uh, Brendan would have been my first choice. Like I, I just wouldn't know any other better viable names than. Yeah, it's true. You're, you're right. Like, like I don't know. You know, has got any names? No, what I don't like about Brendan. The thing I don't like about Brendan, and this is going to sound really harsh, because to be honest with you, I defend managers more than I defend players. Um, but I don't like the fact that the majority of his teams tend to tail off in the second half of the season. I hate it. Yeah. I absolutely hate it, and I don't understand why. I don't know what's gone wrong from the first half of the season to the second half of the season. It's just literally free falling, and I, I can't. I'm not going through that with Spurs. I'm not doing that. Like, well, I'd only say that um, like did. last season. Last season he had a stupid amount of injuries. Um, I think this season it was similar, and then I felt I felt like he adjusted quite well. He changed the system to accommodate the senior men, Kalechi and Inasho, and they're back to back to form. I give him credit for that because uh, like, I felt for a few weeks that they might actually slip out the top four. But yeah, fair play. He he managed to adjust quite well, which was another tick in the box for me. Like I want a manager who would be able to adjust if things weren't going the way. That's this is why I didn't want Maurizio. Sorry, like I think he's a viable name who ticks a lot of boxes. But yeah, it's. I mean, I credit Brendan for that. Yeah, I think I think I think I think with Brendan, he would have for me, he would have been the outstanding choice to be our manager. But he's just not realistic, not realistic in the slightest. But anyway, let's 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 leave the manager talk to to a side, and we'll pick it back up next week when we inevitably hear a new name linked and no manager appointed. Um, I want to talk about our club because I'm not sure if you lot have seen the news today. Um, Ten thousand fans confirmed to be let back into the stadium um, for the game, for our final home game of the season against Aston Villa. Now, Daniel Levy is is a is a is a guy and Enoch, they're a mob that have been certainly not everyone's best friends in the last couple of weeks. And I don't know if you lot have seen the prices, but I applied today and so did a, a lot of other people. Sixty pound a pop. Sixty pound a pop. For one game. For one game. £60 a pop for the final home game of the season. To put it into context, the highest Arsenal are charging for, for theirs, and they have exorbitant fees, is £35. I think Liverpool charging £24. Um, a few others charging, I can't even remember. And bear in mind, this isn't even £60 to sit in the prime seats of the stadium. This is £60 for anywhere, any location in the stadium. So... I want to talk about our owners because it seems as if they are they <laughs> yeah they they what's what's the word I'm looking for they have no awareness of of the situation that they're in now like with the heat that they've had in the Super League is this the right way to go about to go about <laughs> advertising our last home game of the season I don't know Owen Dave. Man, I mean, it's very cheeky. It's it's really just like second highest is thirty five pounds, and we're sixty. Wow. Okay. Arsenal's I'm not surprised. 
I'm not surprised, but yeah, uh, it's a pretty tone-deaf move considering there's um, a supporters' trust literally banging at their doors to, to get the whole board out, um, which is a protest which has been gathering a lot of weight for, uh, as of recently as well. Um, yeah, like, I, I can't defend that at all. Um, wouldn't even try to. It's Yeah, it's it's. I can't really say much other than it's just extremely tone-deaf. It's extremely tone-deaf. At the moment, <laughs> Dave, I'm, yeah. I'm coming. I'm coming to you next. On I didn't know that before. <laughs> I want you to give me your thoughts on that as well, and then I want I want us to quickly touch on the um on the news about the boards. I mean, the supporters trust sort of like six point plan to to, to our to our board. So give me your views on Enoch, and then give me your views on on the the supporters trust. I think by now we know what they're about, isn't it? <clears throat> it's about money for them, and and this kind of move <clears throat> it shows that you know they built the stadium <clears throat> to get the revenue from the stadium. That's a massive part of of the the club's kind of I don't want to say day to day, but that's a massive part of why you know the stadium was born, brought to bear. The revenue that it generates, that's what they're looking for. So they get a one-off shot this season to make some money before. You know, the summer, whatever. I mean, it's only six hundred grand, but we don't know where that money's going. But they need they're they're gonna look to get any bit of money out of, out of us. Do you know what I mean? So it's not surprising. Um, do I want a change? Yes. I you know <laughs> I would love a change of, of of ownership. I think not even just because they've done this or they've done that. I just think the the club needs a fresh impetus, and I think that can only come from top down. You know, we can change managers, change players, but there's there's something in, in, in the water, as it were. And I just think we just need a fresh impetus, you know, new faces, new voices, um, just to really galvanise the team. Now, if it's someone worth, you know, 10 billion, 15 billion, you know, then great. You know, if we get a cash-rich um, shake lying around in, in, in the UAE, we'd be ready just to make it make it happen, make it rain. <laughs> um, I'm sure Yao will be the first one there with the, with the cheerleading pom poms, um, <laughs> shake Ab- Abdul, whatever you know, into the car. <laughs> I can see Yao now, but no, you know that that would be the dream. But I think whoever comes in, and, and hopefully someone does come in, I'm, I'm ready to see a change and just that fresh impetus. And I know the supporters trust have got their views on what should happen next. Kudos to them for, <laughs> for even trying to put things together. Um, <laughs> but I don't think a lot of their things that they go for are realistic. Yeah. Um, and there's no level of accountability that they can really find. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's just a bit, you know, shot in the dark. Yeah, it, you've hit the nail on the head, shot in the dark. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming to you to finish up on this one as well. There's a... <laughs> I shouldn't laugh because honestly, they they mean well and they do care about the club, which is more than we can say for some of our owners right now. But I mean, some of those proposals, let's talk about it because inviting inviting fans to be part of the the selection process for non-playing staff, really? <laughs> Take it away, man. Take it away. <laughs> hey, look. I'm I'm trying so hard not to laugh here, yeah, but some of the some of the points they put for their proposal, I don't know if it was like for banter sake because it must have been like they could they I if they genuinely believe that they should be allowed to do this yeah then they'll because uh, look 
every every fan base, every team has you know certain fans that you know make some outlandish outlandish claims, um, and they just can't run. So I, I don't think I'd want to put um, power <laughs> in the hands of. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I can't trust him. I'd be so, sorry. Do yeah, not be sorry. I can't. I'm sorry. Like I can't trust him. It's an we absolute can't. no. It's a, oh, it's an absolute no. So um, big facts. Uh, regarding our board, yeah, Enoch has to go. I'm I'm with that. Like, look, thank you for the stadium. Thank you for the music. You know, like Abba used to say. But out, <laughs> bro. I, I like hey Levy. Come on down, innit? You know what time it is. No more sentimental things. We're done out here, bruv. Like, I've got no care for Enoch whatsoever. They've done a great job building up the profile of the club, you know, giving us a new stadium, um, broken our transfer record. All right, yeah, cool. I'm happy with all of this stuff. But essentially, football or footballing club should be looking to win trophies. It shouldn't be just a business that makes profit, you know. All right, fine. There's a lot of big clubs that are in debt and in major debt, and we get that. And I understand that they wouldn't want their business to be in debt. At the same time, you have to also look on the competitive side of things and you have to look to want to be in the running for trophies. And I don't think Enoch as a board have done that. And that's why we're at this point where we are as fans. We've had enough. In regards to the protests um, and the and the price or the ticket price, should I say, um, with the protest, I I don't believe that the protest is gonna bang. I'll be heavily surprised if it does because our last protest was a concert, so I'm not too sure what these men are gonna do this time. I hope there's flares in it. If there's flares and you know at least a couple of chicken boxes thrown. Then, then you know, you know, I can, I can respect. Look, my man, my man that owns chicken, just supply a couple, a couple chickens, and me, so we can dash it. You know, the the cockerel and you know, chicken. Let, let the club hold that a little bit, but nah, I don't. I, I'm not too sure on how the protest is going to go down. I hope it's like it sends a very serious message. Um, and regarding the 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 price of the tickets for the final home game. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm surprised it wasn't more. And the reason I say that is because we've got a stadium to pay. <laughs> like, like we, we've not had no fans in, in the stadium for like, what, was it coming up to nearly, what, just over a year or something like that? So, yeah, they, they need bare money. So I'm, I'm not I'm not going to be surprised that they're charging £60. I would, to be honest with you, when I heard that tickets were available, I thought it was going to be between 80 and 100 you know, and they were going to offer you at least a Foster's. <laughs> but I guess they've just priced it at £60 and hope that you spend the extra 20 on your bill. Oh, Foster's. Um, I don't even drink that nasty shit. Foster's man. is a Foster's. horrible drink. It, that is mm. lead. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, that's... Oh, so, sorry, Villarreal nearly scored, but that's... I guess that's what we that's that's let's leave it there with, with with the with the Spurs talk for this week. I think the the protest will be interesting as well because I think well, it's probably one we should talk about more next week. Um, 
Funnily enough, I actually I'm I'm siding more with you and, and and Jack now and Enoch. Yeah, I used to I used to sit on the fence, but you just have to you just have to look at where the where the club is heading, and you just have to look at the incompetent decisions that we've we've had to endure the last couple of years. And then when you when you weigh in all these factors, it's like, do you really trust these people to do the right thing anymore? Ask yourself that question, and if the answer is not at all. If the answer is no, then what do you what are you really what are you really supporting? So I'm going to be at that protest, but I think it's probably one that we should definitely touch on, um, on next week's next week's episode. Are you um, going to do it with a flare? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe on the pitch recreating goals. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, we've got we've got probably five minutes left, so let's 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 wrap up with with a preview. Of course, we we got the early early kickoff leads on the Saturday, twelve thirty. What are uh, what are our expectations for this game? Um, I'll start with you on this one, Owen. What are you? I know you gave a scoreline last week that that <laughs> that didn't bank. For thank God it didn't. So let's 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 hear your score predictions this week. <clears throat> I'm not even that um, that invested in what the result's going to be because I do want us to kind of just try and still landscape. For the for the next manager to take over, I want to see an improvement in front foot performances. But um, I think he's probably going to go with a largely unchanged lineup to Sheffield United after he's seen it bang. After he's seen fans call for him to be full time manager, so um, yeah, I think he's going to go with an unchanged team and will probably get overran. And I I think do you know what I'll I'll go with a score draw two two. Yeah, what are you going for? Um, I'm going with a three-one victory, Spurs. Um, I honestly, again, don't think that we're going to keep a clean sheet. In fact, I haven't thought that we'll keep a clean sheet all all season. Um, but Leeds, whether people like to admit or not, are defensively. Awful. I say this now, and they probably keep a clean sheet against us, knowing our luck. Um, but they they just are susceptible to a lot of attacks, and I I feel like we may be able to get one or two goals. It, it might be a two one, but I I think we, we might be able to nick a third. So I'm going to go with a three one victory. Dave, two two. <clears throat> I think I'm going to draw this one. <clears throat> uh, yeah, again, don't see a clean sheet, and I just think. We saw it at the weekend, you know, when Sheffield United brought on, is it Sanderberg in, in the middle? When they tightened up their midfield, then our midfield got a little bit panicky. Um, and until, you know, we got that second goal, it wasn't necessarily a foregone conclusion that we were going to keep a clean sheet and, and not concede chances. And I think mm. <clears throat> Leeds have a few players who can maybe make things happen uh, going forward, and that might be to our detriment. I don't see. Has been. Uh, I think he is going to go with the same lineup. Unfortunately, um, I would love to see Indomle because I think again, when you're playing against a team who presses, Ryan Mason, you need to play a press-resistant midfielder. Indomle, <laughs> not Winks and not Lesselso. Indomle, but we'll see. Knowing, knowing, knowing Ryan Mason, he might have seen something special in Sissoko this week, and we'll see him um, in our lineup. But yeah, I think two-two. Oh, God. 
Yeah, I'm I'm actually siding with 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 you, Dave, on this as well. Um, I think it's going to end two two as well. I don't think we're going to win. Um, I don't trust the defense as well. And funnily enough, I think Leeds Leeds in recent weeks have actually improved defensively. Like they've not really been conceding as much goals as as they have done. And I think their loss to their loss to Brighton last week away from home was like their first loss in like what like five six games. I just think at home, I saw the performance against Liverpool. I saw the performance against Man City. I think they've got enough in the tank to get a point against us, even with um, how sort of how sort of open they they tend to be at times. But it will be an interesting game. Um, they'll anyway. be up for it. They'll be up for it. They'll definitely be up for it. They'll want to get. They'll want to beat Spurs. I mean, they'll be like, you yeah. know what, a, a top, a big six type club or whatever. They'll want yeah. to ask out. You know. Hundred, 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 and listen. How many, many teams have have had our head on sticks all season? So, boy, it might be another one come, come, come five p.m. on Saturday. Who knows? Let's see. Anyway, lads, it's been a pleasure chopping it up with you lot, um, folks. If you're still listening, make sure you're following us on all socials. That's Spurs underscore Touchline on Twitter, Spurs underscore Touchline on Instagram. If you haven't subscribe to us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the Touchdown Tracker YouTube channel. Otherwise, make sure you join the Discord as well, um, where we're always there. We're always engaging with fellow fans and we always cover all the, the live games. So, so, and we'll be back next week. On debut, Network.